Hello everyone! Welcome back to Humans of Van Life, episode 31. This episode is brought to you by Vantastic Westie, where all your rig dreams come to life. You may already be feeling the effects of the drop in temperature and wondering how you're going to make it through this winter. Melvin at Vantastic Westie has got you covered. He installs diesel heaters that will revolutionize your van life experience. Additionally, he completes custom projects to suit your needs, whatever they may be, such as LED lighting, auxiliary systems, solar, and so much more. I was lucky enough to meet Melvin at Descend on Ben, and thanks to him, my van is lit, literally. Head over to at VantasticWesty and connect with the talented and beautiful soul yourself. I'm going to start us off with a little quote by Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite spiritual leaders. Begin noticing and being careful about keeping your imagination free of thoughts that you do not wish to materialize. Instead, initiate a practice of filling your creative thoughts to overflow with ideas and wishes that you fully intend to manifest. Honor your imagination regardless of how others see it as crazy or if they see it as impossible. Keep imagining and keep wishing. Wayne Dyer. That's beautiful. <laughs> so we're sitting here today with Nisa. Hello. <laughs> it's so exciting to finally have Nisa on the show. She's been a best friend of mine for about 14 years <laughs> and has been following along this journey for a long time and is now currently living the van life. I sure am, yeah. Do you want to share uh, where you are and what you're living in? Sure. I am currently in Byron Bay, Australia, and I am living in a 1994 Mitsubishi Express. Amazing. Yep. So I would love for us um, to go back kind of to the beginning sure. and start thinking about when you got tuned into this kind of lifestyle. Mm. Okay. I think... Well, I've been very, very fortunate um, in my upbringing to always be surrounded by vans um, with my dad, and my dad just loves to collect Volkswagens, so I've always had uh, had that in my life. The community aspect and what the actual meaning of van life was, was is very new to me. It was just introduced um, in Banff, actually, at the beginning of this year. Uh, I had gone to a Van Life Diaries gathering for the first time in Banff with uh, with you and Clarissa and Paige and a couple of other um, good friends of ours and just the magic that happened there was such a beautiful eye-opener for me. The amount of connections you were able to have with complete strangers just boggled my mind. Um, mm -hmm. Coming from the city in Victoria uh, and then getting thrown into the bush in Banff with hundreds of strangers around me was overwhelming at first but once I saw everybody kind of taking down their walls, it allowed me to do the same. And I still, you know, feel very, very connected to the people that I've met there, which is so nice. And so I think that was just the most beautiful introduction to van life. Um, I, for one, had the choice to, to step into van life, which is so great, And but I've met a lot of other people along the, the road who haven't necessarily had the choice to step into that. Mm. So um, just being very grateful that I'm able to choose this and, you know, live the life that I want. Amazing. So here's the kicker, guys. <laughs> uh, Nisa and I actually live in this van together. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! So this is really, really exciting. Um, and also challenging, because I think normally I podcast with folks that I haven't 
you know, I, I'm not quite connected to yet. Mm -hmm. And so this is a nice challenge for me because Nisa's uh, my dearest friend and also we live in this van together. So I'm going to ask her some, some of her personal <laughs> secrets here and we'll see if she wants to share them with me because <laughs> I am the roommate. <laughs> oh boy. I would love for you to share a little bit about how you so like so you went to Banff you had this incredible experience mm -hmm. you realized community you realized connection like you never have before yeah and what was it like to go back to the city and your job and your house yeah it was, it was scary it was super scary going back there and realizing that the connections that I had uh, were actually very very meaningless in a sense and how easy it is to get caught up in the busy buzz of routine and you know spend hours in traffic, just get to work, and then, you know, you put you put on that work hat for your 9-to-5 job, you put on a face. Ultimately, I guess I felt pretty incomplete. Mm. I went back there and I kind of looked around at the life that I was living and realized that it wasn't satisfying me in any way. Mm. And the connections and the people that I had there were super great and I'm very grateful for them, but at the same time, they were very surface level. Mm. And I didn't feel as though I was able to connect on a deeper level with with my surroundings, I guess. Um, and I think that's because everybody kind of keeps their head down in the city and everybody's always trying to get somewhere um, rather than stopping and kind of appreciating what's, what beauty is around them. They're always like looking for that next step and going, um, always seeking something, I guess, whereas in Banff, nobody was really looking for anything other than to just share stories and connect and, you know, be held and hold space. And so with the city, it was just kind of scary to go back there and realize that all of these connections that I thought were so crucial to me meant nothing to me. Mm. So, yeah. It always boggles my mind how in a city with so many people, mm -hmm. access to all the fun things to do, you know, a new person every turn, mm -hmm. we can feel so disconnected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've never necessarily felt so alone in a city um, being surrounded by so many people. Mm. I mean, there's people everywhere, and yet there's like just like a sense of loneliness that you feel, or that I felt in the city. Wow. Whereas being, like I said, kind of out in the middle of nowhere with strangers, I did not feel lonely once. Wow. Mm -hmm. Just got shivers. <laughs> okay, so you went to this Banff meetup. Mm -hmm. You road tripped up with two girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> you flew home and us, our caravan, we continued on. Yeah. What were you thinking in your home? Were you like, I gotta get down there, I gotta get back into this lifestyle? Uh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, Paige and I were on the flight home after we had left you guys, and we were like, what the hell are we doing? I mean, we wanted to just quit our jobs right then and there, and like, never look back. I was like, already in my head working up my like, letter of resignation for my job, and thinking how, how can I make it, um, how can I make the decision and the choice confidently to quit my job and join a bunch of, you know, hippies on the road. <laughs> and and that's, uh, that's essentially what we did. I mean, I got home, Paige and I both worked our asses off for about a month, saved up money, quit our jobs, and then joined the rest of the crew in Colorado. Wow. Yeah. So what were you, 
how did you get to Colorado? Like, what were you traveling around in Colorado? <laughs> well, back home I owned a four-door Fiat, and so that's what I traveled in. I I packed everything up in there. I built a bed in the back, and then I full send all the way down to Colorado. Paige and I. Um, I think I mean we got there in like two days because we were so eager to see everybody. We didn't stop like. We stopped once at a rest stop and slept in the back and they continued on in the morning. Um, and then so I spent three, three months, two and a half months living out of my Fiat, which is just hilarious. But so this, this van right here, this is, this is a mansion for me. Mm, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so did you have any like feelings around, you know, living in a different kind of vehicle other than a van within the van life community? I did at first. Um, I felt like I didn't fit in properly. Um that because I wasn't living like your hashtag van life um, that I was somehow on the outside still but those feelings soon kind of dissipated as soon as I got to the community and you know people came over and looked in inside the Fiat and were like wow like this is incredible and like they just loved it as much as they would love another van mm -hmm. um, so I soon felt pretty um, pretty confident in that and how that felt pretty confident in that and that nobody was judging me based on what I was living in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm hearing you say is it was more your judgments about yourself that came in, like you didn't feel flack from the community. No, exactly. Mm. It was totally my own doing mm -hmm. uh, in, in my head and based off of, I think just like that city aspect of it that, you know, what I had wasn't like everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas in the city, I mean, everybody wants the same thing and everybody wants to look exactly the same way. and. Um, especially online with Instagram and stuff, you see everybody's vans and how it's all glamified and stuff like that, right? Uh, so <laughs> my vehicle was definitely not uh, your typical um, Instagram shot, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you fucking rocked it. <laughs> like, you totally rocked it. Well, the funniest part is that, like, the bed that I built in there was probably five feet. So no one else could have fit in there except for me. I'm, I'm 4'10", so... It was the perfect fit. <laughs> Amazing. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So what did you struggle with most? Like, what was your what was your journey like of, you know, going from, like, a house literally to hitting the road? Mm -hmm. What did you struggle with most? Mm, good question. I think at the beginning what I struggled with most was the judgments I was expecting to receive or the perceptions of other people. Um, you know, either, like, making fun of me for living out of my car or you know, the grief I was going to be getting, but, um, again, that was all kind of in my head, mm. and not one person along my journey gave me, you know, any sort of judgment or anything like that, at least, you know, not to my face, so I think just being in my head was a big one, and going from the city and stuff like that, um, keeping all of my, my vulnerabilities and stuff to myself, uh, I struggled to actually really open up to people on the road. So I think that that was a really big thing for me was allowing myself to break down those barriers and take down those walls and allow myself to be seen and to be heard. Mm -hmm. That was something that I really struggled with. But I mean, everybody welcomed me with open arms and it's a process that I'm still working on. Um, but. Yeah, that, that's something that I struggled with, was just opening up and being vulnerable um, compared to the city, whereas I felt like I had an appearance to uphold mm. and to keep my vulnerabilities to myself 
for fear of like not being strong enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's such a very, it's a very intricate answer. Normally when I ask that, I get things like, well, it was hard to pee while on the road. Or, yeah. I struggled with my food. And I really appreciate your honest, wholesome answer. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Because, like, I think that's something we all go through, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I mean, I was pretty lucky. I, I've spent a lot of enough time around you and Clarissa to know that I can squat and pee pretty much wherever I need to, um, within reason. But, uh, yeah, that didn't, that wasn't necessarily a problem Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. It was more how I allowed myself to show up. Mm -hmm. And so I know that when you're back in the city, you had to play this role where you did your hair and makeup every day, Mm -hmm. um, kind of for your job, absolutely, but also for you. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that on the trip, you didn't put makeup on as much, you know, you kind of, I'd maybe say like, let those or that role or that mask kind of slide. Definitely. Are you able to tell me a bit more about what that felt like? Because <laughs> just because I know a lot of I've talked to a lot of women on the road and um, that's something that's kind of like this kind of a taboo conversation. Definitely. You know, not knowing maybe when to wear, wear makeup or just little things like that. So back home, I was a hairstylist, uh, so I had to do my hair, and you know, I've always had a love for putting makeup on and. I enjoyed putting makeup on. So when I hit the road, you know, you don't have a mirror, you don't have access to curling irons and flat irons and all that good stuff all the time. I definitely let that go. Mm. I I was able to, you know, show up as me with my greasy hair and whatever. But I mean, on the road I did still, you know, I still have my eyelash curler and my, my mascara and stuff like that. And I actually felt the opposite of how you would have felt in a city. If I, if I got dolled up in the community, I, I felt like maybe I was, I looked a little fake, maybe? Whereas in the city, if you go to the grocery store without any makeup, you just look ridiculous, apparently, right? So yeah, I felt, I felt the opposite effect, actually. Um, but I remember having this conversation with Loren, um, how, you know, some, some girls, when they get all dolled up in the community and stuff, they, some people are a little thrown off by that. Whereas I was saying that I do it for me. I love to put makeup on and I love to like, you know, get dolled up and feel good. I do it for me so I can feel good. Um, I don't even need to see anybody or leave like, you know, the van or the house or whatever. But it was definitely a shift in my brain. I think you, I think you touched on something really important because it's almost like there's, it's a double-ended sword. Totally. Like in the city, you feel obligated to dress a certain way and put a face on. But then when you're out connected to nature, you feel more obligated to like be your, your authentic self Mm -hmm. yet makeup and you know feeling good in outfits and stuff can also be your authentic self as well so I think what is really important here is knowing when you're doing it and for who yeah in the city you for your job you had to look and I'm going to do air quotes yeah presentable Mm -hmm. I know in that industry you have to do your makeup you have to do your hair yeah Whereas if you're out, you know, in the forest or whatever, like if you're out in the hills of New Mexico and you want to put on makeup, fuck yeah. Yeah. Because you feel fucking empowered. Totally. And so I think that's kind of like the switch that I'm learning as well is like knowing when I'm doing it and for who. For who. And ask myself, is this for me or is this for others? And if it's for me, absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think you nailed that. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. So you're traveling around the states in this Fiat, yep. with this community that you just met, mm-hmm. and 
then what happened as the summer came to a close? So you were out there for about two and a half months. Yeah. So when I got home, uh, I actually hit quite a low. Uh, I didn't have my job to kind of go back to because I'd quit it prior to going for the summer. So, and I didn't have my community anymore. I was kind of by myself. Uh, and so when I got home, I was super eager like and driven to try and create a job for myself that would be sustainable so that I could kind of continue on with the caravan all over again. Uh, but when that wasn't happening overnight, I got a little discouraged and then I felt a real heaviness um, around my thoughts and my lifestyle and what I, what I wanted. And from the summer, I gained clarity in what I didn't want. Even though I didn't know exactly what I wanted, mm -hmm. uh, I found a power in, in knowing what I didn't want. And so when I got home, I just kind of hit like an ultimate low. And I was feeling very, very anxious. I felt, you know, all sorts of depression in a sense. And it was heavy and it was hard. And I really didn't have a direction to go in. And that was hard after coming coming back from the summer, feeling the complete opposite, mm. right? I felt so inspired, so driven, so so light and so so free. And then when I came home, I felt trapped mm -hmm. and, you know, like someone had just put shackles on me all over again, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I thought to myself, like, how can I get out of this? And so I gave my notice on my place. I gave away my car. <laughs> I got rid of all of my stuff. And I bought a one-way ticket to Australia. <laughs> and... And yeah, now, now we're out here, and I mean, I still have thoughts of like, what the hell am I doing? But all of those thoughts are outweighed by the amount of freedom and love I just have for communities and people and the beauty that surrounds me um, and this lifestyle. I really, I really do love this lifestyle, and maybe I went from zero to a hundred, but that's the way that my brain works. I, you know, I get inspired and I. I see something and I run with it and I haven't looked back. I mean, I don't, I don't miss Victoria. I, I, I don't miss it at all. And I don't see myself going back there for a very long time. I mean, this may change tomorrow, who knows? But as of right now, I, I feel, I feel like this, this was the path that I was meant to be on. Wow. Holy fuck. It's so amazing to hear you say all that because that is damn inspiring. <laughs> It truly is. You know, like, you're doing the damn thing. You admit all the fear, the uncertainty. You had not a bloody clue. Like, we didn't even know we were going to be in Australia together. No. Let alone living in a van together. Yeah. You just followed your heart and you jumped into the uncertainty. Yeah. And that is a lot. Like, that is worth really celebrating because a lot of people can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you also felt what it was like to not do that. You know, like you you were stuck there for a little bit. I was. And you felt what that felt like to feel like shit or like in, you were in shackles. Absolutely. And so just reflecting and being like, wow, you took a leap of faith. You took a leap of faith. You gave up your house, everything you own. <laughs> you flew to Australia and now you're in the mat. Yeah. Well, I feel like once you kind of open your eyes to something, like, you can't unsee it, right? So you have that knowing in you. So once you open these doors in your mind, everything just kind of starts to line itself up. Like you always say, it's like puzzle pieces kind of clicking together, right? Mm. So 
once I realized what I didn't want, it started opening all these doors to what I may want, right? So, yeah, I mean, we've been here for about four weeks, and I feel like we constantly keep getting this sense of deja vu, and it's just, like, total reassurance that, like, yes, this mm. is exactly where we're meant to be. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the people that will come your way if you're open to meeting them and stuff like that, it's just, an, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, so... I, I'm I'm stoked. Mm. I'm super stoked on on this path and kind of unraveling it. And it's funny, like I, I have a blog. Um, it's called Cracked Open. So like, if you if you read my transition from like the last couple months, it's like I was like totally in the hole. And then like, as my days go on, it's like I I start to get a little bit lighter and a little bit, you know, less serious with it and just opening different different doors in my head you know, doing the work and seeing things differently and mm -hmm. it's all about perspective, right? It's all about perspective and how you choose to see the world. Like back in Victoria, I was so, I had blinders on. I couldn't see like two steps in front of me. I was just focused on myself and my thoughts and I was just like trying to wrap my brain around what was going on around me um, that I was so limited. And then being here, it's like I've, I've taken those blinders off and I can see, see the potential and the beauty and everything around me at least for the most part. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's all about perspective. And so I had my birthday here and I, I totally dedicated my year, my 25th year to perspective and trying to see the good and the beauty in everything around me and the people in me, um, in me, the people, <laughs> <laughs> the people around me and maybe in me, who knows. <laughs> we out here. Uh, so anyways, perspective, it's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, what really amazes me is that you've been relatively quite a homebody. Mm -hmm. Like how I've known you and stuff is you're a homebody. You love your house, yeah. you know, you love your shower, you're making coffee in the morning, being able to stand up in the shower. <laughs> and I haven't seen you struggle at all with this. Mm. I haven't seen this show at all this. Yeah. Like, sure, a couple little things where it's like, damn, I need a shower, and then you go into the ocean, and mm -hmm. that's not ideal. But I, it's just so neat to see, like, as you were saying with your blog post, getting lighter and lighter, that's what happens the more we follow our heart, mm -hmm. and the closer we get to source. So these things that used to be a problem for us aren't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what I valued as like a luxury, like making my coffee or, you know, having my bed and watching my Grey's Anatomy when I got home from work and all that stuff. It's like all of those things actually don't mean a damn thing to me anymore. So I really haven't had a problem with that. I mean, sure, like <laughs> my hair gets a little greasier than I would like it to sometimes, but uh, but that's not what it's about. Mm. It's not what it's about. I mean, I don't want to live my life kind of based around that routine all the time. Mm. I want to be able to take advantage of what's in front of me and you know making our coffee and it, it takes 20 minutes you can appreciate it so much more mm. so much more well said yeah well said and then I'm just curious on I know it's only been a month but you're not only across the world mm -hmm. living in a small like I'm gonna say this is yeah about probably 56 square feet mm -hmm. with very few things, yeah. but you're also doing it with another person. Mm -hmm. So, have you ever lived in tight corridors with somebody else like this before? No, no, okay. I haven't. Okay, yeah, and we're also not in a relationship. No. Admits <laughs> the fact that a lot of people think we are. I think this is the traveling honeymoon suite. <laughs> we've, you guys, we've literally been asked like, "Oh, you two, and they 
like make comments. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's the honeymoon suite in here. <laughs> and we're just like, okay, like oh, sure, sure, dude. Yeah, See you later. Sure. <laughs> um, but has that been challenging for you? Uh, to live it in tight quarters with somebody? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say challenging. I'd say more, more of just figuring out how to navigate. Like, you know, you're on one side of the van while I'm on the other side. And it's like, if we need to switch, then I'm like, all right, coming to your left. Like, you know, like right back around. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, if you're at the front of the van, like, hey, can you throw me this rather than me scrounging to the front? So it's just working out like a system mm. um, that works for the both of us where we're not totally intrusive mm. on each other. Um, and I mean, hey, you might feel the complete opposite. I'm not too sure, but I feel pretty good about it. I feel like we... Um, we've worked out quite the system. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, um, it's actually really exciting because we get to have independent lives. You know, during the day, like, I might go for a run and you might do something different. Mm -hmm. But then you get to come back to your best friend in your home. Totally. Like, it's fun. And, and a conversation that we were having last night is, I'm tired of being so rigid and I'm tired of being you know, trying to control my life so much and be such an adult, like, I just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to have fun. And, like, we're out here having fun. Like, it's kind of a dream. Yeah. You know, best friends get to fucking move to Australia, live in a van and see the entire country. Oh, it is. It's the ultimate dream. And, yeah, so I, I feel really good about it as well. And I just, I'm so amazed that, you know, because we've come from very different backgrounds, but yet very similar. Mm -hmm. But I've always lived in, like, tiny spaces and uh, always been, like, a gypsy. Yeah. And never done, a, a, never done it with somebody, really. Right. I've, I'm an only child, um, very independent that way. So this has really pushed me to look at myself and allow myself to be open and share some of the responsibilities with others. Yeah. Or with you. Yeah, and I mean, I feel I feel similar. I mean, it's it's all lessons, right? And for me, I, I tend to be, I like to be in control. Mm. Um, so also allowing someone to help me, um, you know, make dinner or, mm. you know, do the dishes, you know, delegate the tasks, um, teaches me that I don't have to be in control. And it also teaches me that people will show up and help me mm. when when they need to or step up when they need to right so it's been it's been good and it's also so exciting because I uh went into this lifestyle before a lot of like my most immediate friends mm -hmm. and um it's so cool to like have you here like <laughs> doing this with me yeah you know like it's so I, f I found it was a little bit difficult to explain to you guys sometimes like when we were in the city oh, God, when yeah. I was living in a van in the city and you guys had these homes and you're yeah. like what the fuck are you doing I thought you were crazy at first I was like I'm sorry Nikki's living in what down by the river like what <laughs> but I mean just seeing it and you know actually experiencing it rather than just hearing it it's it's crazy. It's it's a journey of a lifetime, mm. you know. And there's so many other reasons than just uh, than just what you can speak about. It's a feeling, yeah. you know. And I mean, I'm just tapping into it now. So thank you for mm. you know opening our eyes to it mm. because you know chances are I wouldn't be here without that. So thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. I wanted to ask you. So we talked a lot about your fear of getting here. Mm -hmm. What advice? would you give to yourself back then? Mm. I know it was only about a couple months ago. Yeah. But even so, now looking back, what advice would you give to yourself when you were in, the, in that hole thinking that nothing is possible? Yeah. I think the advice that I would give myself is to not hold back uh, and don't be led by fear and insecurities. 
and don't, you know, don't put up a wall to anything that comes my way just to say yes. Mm. To say yes and do it rather than overthinking it. If you feel it and it comes up for you, then do it. Because I, I really don't want to live a life of, like, regret, like, looking back on it. I want to, you know, I actually, like, I have it tattooed on my body, but the important thing is to try. So to try doing it. If you don't like it, then worst comes to worst, you go home. Or, you know, you try something different. But ultimately, you just got to try mm. and to say yes. Wow. That's beautiful, Mesa. <laughs> that really is. I'll definitely be pulling that out on the quote page of the Instagram. <laughs> One for the books. <laughs> and so, since you've started saying yes, mm-hmm. how has your life changed? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know that you've been recognizing a lot of how there's parts of you that have held you back from living your true potential. And so, how has your life changed that you started saying yes now? I think there's just a lightness that follows me rather than a heaviness. I can say yes, and I can choose. I can choose to see the world how I want to. I can choose to see the good in people. I can choose to, you know, not let my insecurities get in the way. Uh, And I mean, ultimately, I can choose my mood. So if I'm feeling low or if I'm feeling down to, you know, do all those things that that bring me joy. I forgot your question. Mm. Well, that was perfect. I forgot my question too. Yeah. I got a little wrapped up. That answer sounded great. I zoned off. I did too. That's amazing. Oh yeah. I think I said something along the lines of, uh, what does your life look like when you say yes mm, to yeah. opportunities? It just feels lighter. It yeah. feels lighter and it brings more of a, a joy and a happiness to everything <laughs> around me. Amazing. Amazing. Oh my gosh. So what I think is really important to mention here as well is if if people who've been following along on this podcast journey haven't realized yet, it's nothing to do with the bands. Mm-hmm. This is a vessel for, I believe, humans to get closer to their true way of being. Mm. And I've noticed that that's been the case for you as well. Mm-hmm. Like this vessel has just simply allowed us to get to the places we want to get to, to meet the people we want to meet, or we don't even know that we wanted to meet, and to do the growth and the self work. Absolutely. So, so far looking at your journey in Australia, what would you say has been like the biggest lesson mm-hmm. that this van has allowed you to get to? Yeah. I think that for me, it's been like just self growth. Um, and how to face my insecurities head-on. I We are always our harshest critics, right? And I tend to be very hard on myself. So this van has allowed me to do <laughs> what feels like five months of self-work uh, in five days. And just being with my thoughts and having a different perspective on them and I just got distracted because I just saw like the hottest Aussie dude (laughs) like long hair muscle shirt but not like a bad muscle shirt anyway you damn I just got a little distracted so did I oh (laughs) Oh, yeah I'm totally losing my train of thought yeah that's okay um what the hell was your question? I have no idea. Shit. Dude. I have no idea. I'm out okay. to lunch right now. Yeah, hold on. Okay. Like I was saying, how this van is a vessel, it pushes every fucking part of you. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like when you wake up in the morning and you're 
on the beach and you swing on your, in your door and there's like a whole group of dudes. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm not ready to see all these men. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I you know, put tw- and then when it's like you got to drive and find a place and you want to feel secure and mm-hmm. then you need to learn how to drive standard on the other side of the world. Yeah. This van is a vessel for pushing your comfort zones. And I actually want to make a bit of a statement and go ahead and say that and now I believe that everybody should try living in a van. Mm-hmm. And before I, I did not agree with that. And maybe I should rephrase it by saying people that are feeling called to. Right. Because I don't want every Tom, Dick and Harry do, but what I'm saying is, is a, it facilitates self-growth on a very rapid level because you're forced to be out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. I think it removes all distractions, right? And what you're left with is your internal thoughts. Um, and it pushes pushes those comfort zones in terms of like, yes, like, you know, you roll up somewhere and instantly there's a group of people or, you know, you have to find somewhere to use the bathroom or you... You know, you haven't brushed your teeth yet and then you walk into a place. Like, it's just, it pushes all of those comfort zones um, for you. And you have no choice but to work through those insecurities and just to keep pushing through. I've been confronted with insecurities and things that have come up from, like, you know, 10 years ago have resurfaced for me because now I don't have the distractions. I'm forced to sit there with my thoughts and figure out and decipher why this is coming up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what to do with the information that that's come up. What to do with the new findings of why this did come up for me. And how, you know, I could easily just find a distraction. But out here, like, it's not as easy, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, well said, I think. Like, not to mention that we've been traveling the coast. So we've traveled from Sydney up into past Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And so we're driving sometimes for five, six, seven hours. And yeah. we're not talking. Mm-hmm. You know... You are in your thoughts, or you're meditating, or you're working on, like, past traumas. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really resonate with you when you say, like, there's no distractions. Like, yeah. you're, you're listening, and you're getting feelings, or you're getting the thoughts that are surfacing from years ago that you maybe pushed down. Totally. Yeah, all this suppressed kind of uh, thoughts and energy, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So on those long drives and all the quiet time on the beach by Mm -hmm. yourself they just they come up Mm -hmm. I think that this is a very important time to acknowledge how lucky we are Mm -hmm. and how grateful I feel to be um in this vessel navigating this land Mm -hmm. like this is absolutely not our land we're visitors here and I just feel as if these grounds are so sacred and have produced and allowed for us to grow and learn and play so much. Yeah. And I just really wanted to acknowledge how grateful I am for um, this place. And yeah. and like you had said, like you didn't, you didn't, you chose this lifestyle. You yeah. actively chose to let go of your house mm-hmm. and get into this van. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that not everybody starts that way. I know I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Mm. Mm. Well, I uh, I feel so. I feel so grateful, again, that we got to finally sit down and do this. Yeah. Uh, it's always funny when you're traveling with somebody to try and create the time to sit mm-hmm. um, and go here. Absolutely. And I think what it showed me, again, is that when we are podcasting or when I am podcasting with people, it allows for this, this deeper connection. 
like we lived together you know yeah. we've been best friends for 14 years mm -hmm. and still like this you know creating this space I think that's what it is it's creating a space for us to talk to go there yeah it's fucking magic mm -hmm. it so is thank you thank you for sitting here with me yeah thanks for holding the space and um, how can people follow along on your journey oof um, well, I'm in the midst of revamping my website with my blog, but I have a blog called Cracked Open. It's on www.nisamarie.com. Uh, I also have my Instagram, same thing, at Marie. You can obviously follow along my journey because you'll be seeing say, me. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably just check out Nikki's page. <laughs> I tend to be her photographer a lot of the time. <laughs> she sure does. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening to another epic podcast. If you liked this episode or others, please don't forget to leave us a review and share it with a friend. That will help the message get spread across and it will support this podcast. Also, I'm doing this new thing where I would love to know who's listening listening. Social media is social for a reason and I don't always get the chance to know who's listening and following along on the journey. So if you did listen to this episode or others, take a screenshot and post on Instagram and tag at the humans of van life. I'd love to connect with you and see who's listening. And don't forget to go check out at fantastic Westie to have all your rig dreams come to life. So much love and gratitude, your host Nikki.